welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel, and it is great to have everyone joining with us. And I, I want to welcome a whole new, new group of folks, and that would be those of you that are listening uh, through OnePlace, OnePlace.com, or the OnePlace app. Uh, thank you for joining with us and increasing significantly our numbers as we welcome in a whole new audience of folks, along with those who listen on Apple and iHeart and Spotify and Simplecast and, you know, all those other ones. But this is uh, another way to reach even more folks and really excited to have you folks joining us. And those of you that are used to hearing me uh, do my messages on High Impact Living, this is now my podcast. So it's a little different, not up on a stage speaking, but it is uh, still me and still going to cover a lot of really great content and material, do some things that are different uh, that I wasn't able to do with High Impact Living and do some things that are exactly the same, which is what I want to do starting today for the next three weeks, which is to really focus in on, on mental health, uh, mental health, the mental health uh, month was last month. That was a focus, but now even more so with uh, Naomi Osaka dropping out of the French Open number two seed because she is struggling with anxiety and dealing with reporters and things like that. And then just all the rest of the ongoing discussion that comes from what has taken place through the pandemic and people's mental health is 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 a high priority. New York Times uh, did uh, an article on it. Adam Grant wrote a piece, and then USA Today actually had uh, an entire piece where they identified some of the struggles and some of the mental health issues that people are dealing with, giving some definitions and some prescriptions for what you might be able to do which is great. All that's great. Uh, we can delve into it, of course, in much greater detail in something like this podcast, which is exactly what I want to do for the next three weeks, is talk about mental health and particularly about a few emotions that uh, are, I think, really uh, significant in what's taking place. Now, again, you know, this is not how to cure depression. That's something that has to be done clinically or anxiety uh, attacks and things like that. But when we're talking about emotions like sadness or anger, those are areas where there I've spoken on this before, written on it, and I think that I can offer you some real help and, and encouragement in these areas. And, and also, as is always what I want to do as someone who brings hope, and I'm a hope dealer, not a dope dealer, but a hope dealer. And I want to deal the hope and I want to give motivation, inspiration to people every chance I get. And I want to do that even with some of these challenging emotions. And let's just begin with something. And this is not new. This is really like 25 years old. Uh, two doctors, Calhoun and Tadashi, did work with 600 survivors of trauma. And of course, we're all very familiar with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and these issues that arise from various trauma experiences, but they coined the term post-traumatic growth, post-traumatic growth, not post-traumatic syndrome, 
not post-traumatic disorder, but post-traumatic growth. And what they found in their work with 600 trauma survivors is that people reported positive change in their lives. That out of the trauma, like over one year in a pandemic, for instance, out of that, they reported five positive changes in their lives. So let me just share those with you. Number one, they had a renewed appreciation for life. Two, they found new possibilities for themselves. Three, they felt more personal strength. Four, their relationships improved. And five, they felt spiritually more satisfied. When I hear those, when I read those, uh, it just fills me with encouragement and hope that out of something like the pandemic, you in fact could end up with a, a renewed appreciation for the, the value of life, the preciousness, preciousness of your life, the, the, that you could find new possibilities. That I've talked about this in this podcast. You know, what, what can you do th- through this pandemic? Can it open up new possibilities? That you feel you have more strength, personal strength, because you made it through, that your relationships improved. Because you went through this and you realized the value of those relationships and that you spiritually were more connected with God, more satisfied because the more we're connected with God, the more satisfied we are. That's, that's really hopeful, really hopeful. And those are the sorts of things that I, I want to see happen or try to help happen in these next few weeks when you we focus on, uh, on some of these mental health challenges. In psychology, uh, mental health is on a spectrum. On one end would be depression. On the other end would be, would be flourishing. Flourishing is the peak of your well-being. You have a strong sense of meaning, mastery, that you matter to others. Depression is the valley of ill-being. You feel despondent, drained, and worthless. So those that's a spectrum. Where are you on that spectrum between depression and flourishing? Only you can determine that. Only you can self-identify and talk about how you feel. Psychologists find that one of the best strategies for managing emotions is to name them. To name them. Uh, and naming is always good. It's, all, it's always helpful. It's, it's always important. And, and maybe what needs to be named for you is sadness. You just have this uh, pervasive sense of sadness over a lost year plus and all the normal things that happen in life. The heartbreak that comes in infertility or breakup in a relationship, loss of a job, health issues, dreams that seem to have been crushed. All these things leave us with sadness and the question then becomes, you know, what do we do about it? How do we deal with the sadness in our lives? And and it always begins, and I talked about this a, a few weeks back in one of the episodes about after the pandemic, it, it, it is that we have to, you know, always have to accept reality. So we just accept reality that there's been loss. There's no way around it. There's a, a, a sense of grief over uh, over a, a, a year, a lost year. I mean, there's just no way to change the reality of, of that. These, these, 
these things happened and it it leads to feelings of sadness. Now, I just want to read something to you from out of the Bible because it is just one of the most powerful scriptures and it, it really, I, I don't know if you know it, it's in the book of Psalms and Psalms is the book, by the way, in the Bible that deals with emotions. So if you want to read uh, the book in the Bible that has the most emotions in it, uh, Psalms is the way to, way to go. But just listen to Psalm 56 and verse 8. You have stored my tears in your bottle and counted each of them. You have stored my tears in your bottle and counted each of them. And that is powerful to, to think that God has counted each of our tears that have been shed, that he uh, has stored them, that they're counted, that they're noticed, that God cares about the, the sadness that we have and the things that have happened that have really brought such pain and, and heartbreak into our lives. Stuffing your feelings ends up poisoning you from the inside out. It's, 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 never, a good, it's never a good way to go. Sorrow is for a season. Yes, for a season. Not forever, but for a season. It doesn't last forever. This pandemic is essentially over and, you know, we're on our way back. And, and in that sense, it is the season is done. So we recognize that it doesn't last forever. Asking God you know, trying to find an answer is good. Blaming God is assuming, you know, <laughs> somehow God knows and, and did it to us anyway. And that, that's, that never helps you. It never blesses your life in any way, shape, or form. You know, we just recognize that there aren't always answers. There aren't always answers for what happens to us in life. Things don't always make sense. There isn't always fairness. Nowhere in the Bible does it claim that life is fair. That's just not there. If you're thinking that it's there, just take it from a scholar who studied the Bible for years. It's not there. there there's no statement about the fairness of life. And so sometimes things happen that are just fundamentally unfair. There's just no way around it. And we just have to be able to accept that, that that is the way it is at times in life. The uh, great New England poet Robert Frost wrote some of the most famous poems. And when you're a New England school kid, you're going to hear these poems and you may or may not recognize this line. The best way out is always through. The best way out is always through. The way we get out is we go through it. And when we go through it, we just recognize that when we're in it, it brings sadness into our lives. We, we can't escape pain or loss or heartbreak. We, we just have to go through it. There's no other way around it. The only way is through. So we go through it. And then we come out of it on the other side. And just, you know, recognizing that, just being able to just own that is just extremely helpful for our overall 
growth in life. So we, we, we accept reality and we, we work our way through it, knowing that it's a season, that it, it doesn't last forever. And then we have to find a way to be able to share uh, the pain, the, the sadness. You know, we can feel alone when we lose a loved one or we're suffering a life-threatening illness or we have a, a financial setback. And so that isolates or it can isolate us. And the answer is to really share your grief and pain. This is why relationships are so vitally important. It's why groups work so well. Group counseling, recovery groups, small groups of various types are so helpful. I'd encourage you to take advantage of that if you can. And if you can't, that you find some way of being able to share with people that are safe, that you can trust, reach out to those that, you know, that you can, you can really uh, share your sadness, share your tears. Have to be able to do that. Obviously, you certainly can share them with God, bemoaning the inequity of life, voicing your disappointment with the way things have gone, the, the, the unfairness of of, of things, you know, whatever we end up learning in about this pandemic, it, it, it certainly points in, in a direction that this didn't have to happen. It didn't have to happen. It didn't have to escape China and make its way to America. And so, you know, obviously you say, gosh, if this just wouldn't have happened, then, and again, you know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, you know, my mom used to say, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all be happy, but they're not, you know. So we have to deal with the reality as we find it, not as we would like it to be. And, and we don't have to ignore the sad, the sadness or the or the sad memories, what, whatever that means because I certainly don't want to focus solely on the pandemic as if all sadness comes from that because it just may be that during this pandemic time you experience sadness which would have happened anyway whether there had been a, a pandemic or, or not you know people lost loved ones it didn't have anything to do with COVID it just had to do with other illnesses and sicknesses and accidents and things that happen in life anyway and but certainly loss of jobs was significantly increased. Financial challenges were certainly greater. And the test on some relationships was such that it, they, didn't, they didn't make it. Those things are absolutely true. In helping others, it's, it's important to remember that sometimes helpers can spend too much time talking and not enough time listening. When you get around, you know, when you can get some people that can support you, you, you want them to be able to listen to you. And when you're supporting someone else, listening beats talking. Just take it from someone who sat with a fair amount of people in the sad moments of their lives. They really, they're looking for answers, most of which they're impossible to give. And, and as someone who's looked to to give answers and have wisdom, 
I can tell you that there's some that can be given, you know, professional wisdom, but there's uh, others that it's just, you just have to face the, the reality that there isn't. And so people just really want you to be there with them. If you find yourself heartbroken, uh, you know, reach out. And if someone reaches out to you, by all means, by all means, respond to that. Do your best to help them. Do your best to to be a listening listening ear for them and help them to be able to process through uh, the pain and, and the disappointment that they are experiencing. Psychiatrist George uh, Vallant, who was the director for years of the Harvard Study of Adult Development, followed 800 men over five decades. It's quite a study. He found that the bad things that happened to us don't stay with us. It's the good people we meet along the way. People who handle misfortune best are the ones who focus not on what happened to them, but on all the people who rallied around them when it happened. So you want to you wanna find those people that will rally around you, and you want to be one of those people that will rally. You want to be that kind of person that rallies around others and really helps them in their time of of need when they're when they're sad when they're down over the disappointments of life when they're heartbroken and it is remarkable again that what was discovered over such a massive timeline is that it's the people that we remember more than the problems so get around the right people and you'll make it through this sadness season in your life and you'll come out on the other side and you'll be able to look back on it and what will be more significant than the sadness are the people that were there that were supporting you and loving you and caring for you. And then we really have to come to a place spiritually where we're able to process through these things that happen in our lives. I want you to listen to these words of Jesus. This is from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33. While you are in the world, you will have to suffer. But cheer up, I have defeated the world. While you're in the world, you will have to suffer. That This is a, a part of life. Jesus suffered, and we all suffer. But cheer up. Jesus says, cheer up, because... I've defeated the world. Trust there's a plan governing the seemingly random tragedies we suffer. Trust that God is going to do what's best for you. That sometimes you have to go through testing in your life. It's, a, it's really remarkable to think about the, the way we have to go through some things in life that really do test us. The Bible, in, the, in Psalms, by the way, the same psalm, read, same book that read from earlier, there's a, a fascinating scripture where it says, and after Joseph was tested or after the time of testing had finished for Joseph, then he was promoted to this incredible position of essentially running the, the most important country in the world at that time, which was Egypt. The Pharaoh was kind of just like the figurehead. He was like the prime minister. The Pharaoh was like the king. And 
if you want to think like with England. And Joseph was the prime minister that really ran the country. And he's, he had, I mean, imagine being at that time the most single most powerful person. And he went through terrible tests. He, he spent time in slavery. He spent time in jail. I mean, you talk about going through tests. So he goes, sometimes we go through these tests and God is working out the plan that he has for our lives, making us stronger, making us tougher, making us wiser, developing our character in such a way that we actually can uh, be trusted with such great authority and power like Joseph was. First, we have to go through things. If everything just came so easily to us, we might not appreciate just really being able to, to see the, the long game, the bigger picture of how it is that God processes a person's life. Things don't always go well, and yet we can grow through the challenges that we face, the, the trials that we experience, the suffering that we endure. And looking for ways to honor God in your present situation is vital as you watch for God's plan to ultimately be revealed. And I've, I've just seen this time and time again in my own life. In fact, right now there are some things happening. I hope to come back in future episodes and kind of explain how this thing happened and this thing happened, which weren't good, but ultimately led to this thing happening, which was good. So we're, I'm on the cusp of one of those right now, boy. And if it happens, it's going to make for a great story to just share with you and kind of show you how these things work and how how God kind of works in our lives. You know, we can we can miss it though. We can miss we can miss out if we're not looking and watching and being aware. I mean, just think about it. The ended relationship can actually spare us from future pain and heartache. The lost job leads us to actually a better job. The small scare of an illness reveals a greater issue that never would have been seen or discovered. I don't know if you saw a, a few months back, not even that long ago, in the NCAA tournament, the Elite Eight and Gonzaga and USC were playing and one of the officials just absolutely just all of a sudden dropped. I mean, just dropped, fell right to the ground. It was really scary. I thought he was dead. I thought his life was over. It did not look good at all. Well, they began to administer, you know, medical care to him, took him on a stretcher back into the locker room, checked all his vital signs and everything checked out. Everything looked good. Sent him to the hospital in the Indiana University Methodist Hospital to see if he had a concussion because he, you know, dropped, just dropped on a hardwood floor. Determined he didn't have a concussion. But one of the doctors had actually been watching the game and saw it happen. And that doctor wanted to know why. If everything checked out, why all of a sudden would this happen? So they ran some tests and ran some more tests and they discovered that he had a blood clot in his lung. Now, when you have a blood clot in your lung, you can develop what's called a pulmonary embolism, and that will kill you. I mean, 
it will kill you. You, you, you can't survive something like that most of the time. In the brain, it's, it's called an aneurysm. In the lungs, an embolism. And you have those things happen to you, and you're, you're pretty much a goner. So let's just think about this. Was it uh, unfortunate to have something like that happen when you're getting to do something you dreamed of doing, officiating you know, one of the biggest games in college basketball? Yes. And to was it embarrassing to fall out on the floor and have everyone? Yes. Be taken. He wasn't happy at all. Be t- taken in a stretcher. He said that later. But the end result of it is that they discovered they put him on a blood thinner, and two days later the clot was gone, and he was allowed to go home. But what if that happened to him, say, while he was driving by himself or while he was sleeping at night? He he wouldn't have made it. He would have died right then and there. It was only because he had the care they were able to discover this blood clot before it became an embolism and killed him. So what seemed like a really disappointing experience led to the revelation of something that needed to be (laughs) taken care of. And so those things can happen in our lives and we just have to be able to see that and recognize that and really appreciate how God takes us through things, through them, to ultimately get to the plan that he has for our lives, fulfilling the purpose that he has for us being on this earth. But along the way, we are going to have the pain, the heartache, the suffering, and that is going to create in us sadness. And that is a normal, healthy, natural response to the disappointments of life. So please don't think I'm saying, you know, oh, just, hey, it's all, it's all good. Don't worry about it. It's, Don't get upset. No, I'm not saying that. I am saying God is always at work. Yes. And that things can work out in a way that is amazing. But sometimes you'll never know. You'll never understand why. I want to be clear about that too. I'm not saying always it will. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it won't. And irregardless of either way, we certainly have an absolute right to feel sad and to experience the sadness that comes with the, the disappointments of life and the things that take place in our lives. Nothing wrong with that at all. And again, we just go back to just accepting that, not stuffing it, just accepting it and, and being able to realize that, you know, the only way that ultimately we can deal with it is we just have to go through it. Going through it. Knowing that it's a season, yes, it will end. Knowing that we can surround ourselves with people that can support us and help us, crucially important. And then, and then again, trusting that, you know, that God counts every one of our tears. That he knows the things that we go through. Trusting that in this world where he said, listen, You're going to have suffering, but cheer up. He's going to work things out. He's ultimately in charge. Things may turn out and really ultimately in an even better way than the way we had planned or or wanted, but the route to get there would would not have been the route we would have taken. I, I mean, I just can personally testify to that. But you can get there. 
you can get there. But there will be sadness along the way. And you have to you have to be able to to see that as appropriate and as healthy to be able to acknowledge that it does you no good to deny it. That's the only way that you can properly go through it is to really identify it and own it. So I hope this helps. And again, next week and next two weeks, we'll talk some more about some of these other emotions and how we can really just do our best to improve our mental health as, as, uh, as much as possible. And uh, as we wrap up today, I just want to, again, encourage you to consider attending the Your Comeback event in Atlanta on Saturday, June 26th, because that will be a time when you can hear six sessions of some great material to help you make a comeback. So if you are uh, really saddened by some of the setbacks you've experienced, you'll be given lots of great information as I speak, as uh, as Dr. Mark Rutland speaks with just some great material principles that you can, steps that you can take, principles that you can apply in your own life. And, and you can go to yourcomebackevent.com and register. It's, just, it's one day, nine to five. Lunch is provided, by the way, in the registration cost. So you get all the sessions and the, the breaks and the snacks and lunch all included in one price. And so, uh, I encourage you to, if you can, get to Atlanta, Georgia on Saturday, June 26th and spend a day that can really help you in so many ways and launch you into a great comeback in 2021 and beyond. Great to be with you again this week, and I'll see you next week on the Point of Impact Podcast. You've been listening to the Point of Impact Podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.